Yes, sir. What's your name? It's Alex. Alex. Uh, from Sensible Objects. Do you see so speakers, smart speakers, going in the homes real quick, but voices across a bunch of other platforms? You know, you can get it through your TV. Yes, I agree. Do you have a view on whether the like penetration of smart speakers is going to peter out and where it's going to get subsumed into something else? Like, do you, where do you see voice? Yeah, into with a speaker from a speaker standpoint. Like, so for example, do you know who I think should be making the single biggest bet in this space? The Toll Brothers Construction Company. I mean, every home built going forward should have an upcharge, huge profit margin for them, where they're like, you don't need those speakers, it's just in, right? Security systems, right? The, the people that secure your homes, things of that nature. So yeah, I'm not, I'm sure there's, I haven't done the homework on this, I'm sure there's clearly an intriguing window for the hardware in that form, but I think that's commoditized and there's a lot of things that can deliver that and I do think that that's dangerous other than if you have great tech that can then be put into a wall or bottled water or what have you but like as a consumer facing speaker play I think there'll be a window but over time that gets commoditized so you have to, I don't love when you have to nail not only all the things we just talked about but then the macro consumer behavior and uh, moment as well that adds another layer of timing which usually forces you to be less patient, which is what I was talking about, right, Brian? Like, now you're forcing it because you know, shit, we've got 24 months before, right? So, yeah, I would, I, I'm far more bullish on the people who have got the tech or the infrastructure around what's making it sound great more so than the physical product. You know, I think that just plays out, you know, right? I mean, Amazon's Amazon and everybody else should be making a smart refrigerator that has speakers built into it so that not only is it in fully penetrating your kitchen, but it's reordering every product for you once you've used up a percentage of that product inside the refrigerator. So you mentioned at the start of these spaces, there's a, you know, an opportunity for startups like the ones we have here to, to work with a knowledge transfer to some of those larger organizations. Yeah. But there's also another thing which some of these companies are starting to experience too is that these larger companies who don't understand space are thinking, are you acquisition targets? Um, and you know, how, how would you kind of advise them to think about you know, sticking it out the long run? Do you take a quick win? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think the cool answer to that question is that's very specific to you, right? There's no right answer to that. What I love, as you were talking, like fuck, that I should have brought up that point too, because that doubles up the reason why to be practical and have a parallel service business that's bringing you revenue in, because it's probably the gateway to a more significant acquisition opportunity, because they get to lease before they buy and understand that you're smart and you get it. And we've seen through the history, if you're if you're here to make uh, make that financial nut, you know the amount of accuhires we've seen some ungodly. I mean, we saw in social ungodly exits where the guy or the gal was getting bought. Um, <clears throat> I think that actually doubles up why I think you should go in. But like, it's up to you if you if Coca Cola you're doing a project for them in parallel while you build your thing, and they want to offer you seven million dollars. I mean, that's just or seventy or or seven billion. I mean, I think that's I think at seven billion, a lot more people here go for it. Um, <laughs> I think, I think the punchline there being is everybody here has their own circumstances. You know, for me, at a, a, a long, long, long time ago, far less money than I have now, that was the money I wanted to make. Then it became about legacy and like, you know, playing the game and a lot of different things, right? Not, some people want to amass dollars their whole life. Some people want 
don't want to have a, don't like the idea of earning out for three years because they think, I, I would be very empathetic if I became best friends with everybody here and a year from now everybody gets an offer, I, I could really see that tough decision of like, fuck, this is life-changing money and this is my, you know, this would be helpful for me, um, but I'm locked up for three years and fuck, these next three years in this space, they're so fruitful. So, I don't think there's a one size fits all and some people have student loans and sick parents and you get into a million variables. Um, they both work. The amount of people that said no in the web 1.0, web 2.0 and social bubble and ended up with dick shit is a lot. The amount of people that said yes, Instagram and others, could have gotten a lot more. Bebo's super happy they sold for $850 million to AOL. <laughs> you know, so, so you know, I, uh, I, uh, I think there's a lot of ways that goes. I think that's where you go, that's where you, I get really worried that mentorship is, mentorship's so important, but it can be substantially overrated because mentors tend to love to give the advice that they lived through or they, they don't contextualize all these human variables that I just brought up. So the answer would be all of them. However, I'm a big fan of options. So I sure love the idea of you making money along the way that also led to an M&A opportunity. It's a lot more fun to have options than not.